are listening to Cover Stories, a deep dive into the stories behind iconic album art with Adam Charlie O. So it would seem that Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are not the only rock stars with problems in and out of the studio. Ahmet Erdogan, head of Atlantic Records, talked Stephen Stills into asking Neil Young, who had walked out on Buffalo's Springfield three times in two years, to join their tour. At first, Graham Nash didn't want Young to join the band. He said, We had just created a wonderful three-part harmony with the first record. And why should we fuck with that? But he realized that Stephen needed somebody to spark off of and play the guitar, because that's who Stephen was. He loves the challenge of two stags facing off. Of Deja Vu, still said, Getting that second album out of us was like pulling teeth. There was song after song that didn't make it. David Crosby said, The first album was a joy. The second was painful. The bandmates, struggling with their interpersonal tensions, initially recorded most of the material solo, with the others adding their contributions later. Perfectionist Stills and One Take Young, in particular, struggled to get along. Of that time, Stills says, it was just four cats recording their own tracks, so it wasn't any fun anymore. With all the bickering and fighting going on, it went from Neil having his tracks and David having his tracks to that was my idea, man, not yours. Silly shit like that. And someone came up with the game, I'll kill it if it wasn't my idea. When that shit started, I just cleared out. Woodstock was one of the few Deja Vu tracks where Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young all performed their parts in the same session. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So it should come as no surprise that the cover of Deja Vu, released March 11, 1970, was a reprise of a Civil War-like photograph. Its armed and able camp scene perfectly, if inadvertently, depicted the mood of the studio sessions that produced the music. Deja Vu also became one of the most expensive album covers in music history. David Crosby said in the title song, I feel like I have been here before. He went on to say, We have all been here before. These lines grew out of his personal experience with Deja Vu, immortalized in the song of the same name. He also said, The first time I saw a sailboat, I knew how to sail it. I knew how to sing harmony without ever taking lessons. My imaginative level has always been stronger than my rational one which led me to believe that my life, people's lives, may be all previously constructed. The idea of déjà vu carried over into the concept for the album cover. Friend Gary Burden was the art director for the album, where he worked with photographer Tom Gundelfinger. They decided that Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Taylor & Reeves would go back in time on the cover. It was Stills' idea to take the trip back to the Civil War era, Gundelfinger said of Stills. Years later, I asked him why he was so fascinated with having an antique-looking 1860s-era album cover. He said it was because he totally admired the rebellious spirit of the Confederacy. 
Nash said. We tried to look like we thought our ancestors might have looked 100 years ago. The plan was to have the band visit a costume store to find the clothes they needed to depict their former lives. Then they would gather in the backyard of Crosby's Novato home for the photo. Crosby transformed himself into a Buffalo Bill Cody lookalike, Stills dressed as a Confederate soldier, Nash dressed like a pipe-smoking worker, and Young decided to be a cagey gunfighter. Drummer Dallas Taylor was a desperado, and bassist Greg Reeves portrayed a freed slave. Gary Burden used an old camera and processing technique to further simulate a Civil War-era photograph. The cover photo of the band wearing Civil War-era garb was taken by Gundelfinger. The tree the band posed in front of was in the backyard of Crosby's rented home in Novato at the time. One day in 1967, Gundelfinger decided to be a rock photographer, and it being the 60s, he soon found himself backstage at the Monterey Pop Festival. His career was launched. He started hanging with Crosby in Laurel Canyon and was able to spend time with Crosby, Stills, and Nash as they prepared for their famous debut at Woodstock. He followed them to Bethel, New York, where he was one of the official photographers of that era-defining rock festival. Gundelfinger was busy with other projects when Harry Diltz shot the first cover for Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They turned to Gundelfinger for the second album. Let him take up the story. When Stephen wanted to do what turned into Deja Vu, it was his idea, he loved the vintage era quality of the photos of the 1860s and the Matthew Brady photos. It was his inspiration. That inspiration would require some new photography skills, so Gundelfinger started to do the necessary research. He said, We used a camera that was 150 years old. I worked several months to perfect the tintype, a daguerreotype technique that they posed for that required minutes of absolute stillness. The old tintypes of the Civil War era that Stills liked used a big box camera with no shutter. It required a two and a half minute long exposure. This meant the band had to stand perfectly still for a lot longer than they were accustomed to. On the day of the shoot, the band had been self-medicating, so they had trouble standing still for that long. Gundelfinger planned to shoot five plates, but the band said, Whoa, whoa, we're done, that's it, after only two exposures. It turns out the two tin types he shot were not acceptable. Fortunately, Gundelfinger was also shooting the shots with a backup Nikon camera. The shot eventually used on the Deja Vu cover was actually one of the backup shots. He used some photo techniques that were very clever in the pre-Photoshop era. He added some sepia tone, and the Novato neighborhood added another feature, when a neighborhood dog wandered unexpectedly into the photo shoot to steal the scene. That dog was the seventh pair of eyes staring at the camera. Gundelfinger said, the dog came into the shot while the guys were posing. I told the guys, don't look at the dog. I always have a backup camera. I just clicking away while they were standing very still. 
No one knows the dog's name or where it came from. Thus, a famous cover was created. David Geffen was the band's co-manager at the time, and he was anxious to get the much-anticipated second album released. People were beginning to wonder if Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young would ever finish the album, that they would slip into the Deja Vu jacket. By the time the album was released, it was the most expensive package for a record to date. The album was made to look like a family album from the same Civil War period. The simulated leather paper was made at a small family-owned mill in Georgia. The gold leaf lettering was hand-applied, and the photo on the cover on the album was an actual photo that was also hand-applied. Gundelfinger said, The lettering was gold-stamped and was done via hand application for every single copy. None of it was done by machine. The simulated leather was made in the only paper mill in the U.S. that could produce that tremendous leather-like feel. Atlantic was concerned about the cost of the package. Stills told the record executives not to worry about the cost. He was so confident about the quality of the album that he told them they would get their money back. He was correct, as the album soon had a pre-sale pressing of 750000 a huge number at the time. All the photos seen on the gatefold of the album were taken by Harry Diltz, longtime partner to Eric Burden. Most of these photos were taken at the home of Stephen Stills or the recording studios where the legendary album was cut, usually one band member at a time. Gundelfinger had a chance to revisit the house some years ago. I was in Sonoma shooting the historic cars at the raceway. On the way home, I drove through Novato, trying to jog my memory, looking for the house. I did find it, and the woman who lived there was very gracious and let me in. She was the daughter of the man who owned the house way back then. The house was much as he remembered it. It was quite a moving deja vu experience for me, he said. The tree featured on the cover still stands in Novato. The popularity of the album stands as well. It contributed to the success of a wave of single artist albums released by the band members in the wake of Deja Vu. Neil Young released After the Gold Rush, Stephen Stills released his self-titled solo debut, David Crosby released If I Could Only Remember My Name, and Graham Nash offered his Songs for Beginners. Let's hit the pause button and chat a bit. You ever get the feeling we've been here before? <laughs> both both uh, in this office recording the podcast yeah. and uh, hanging with our boys, CSN, CSN plus yes, one this time. We're doing Deja Vu, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So take a look at this cover because my first look at it, my guess is the whole band climbs into a minivan, takes their summer vacation <laughs> in Ocean City, Maryland, and had their picture taken at one of those hokey... Boardwalk yeah. fake saloons. Yeah, Am I, I close? I love that take. Yeah. So it's like, that's absolutely it's absolutely either, what it looks like. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny because but they spent a whole lot more oh money than gosh. that on it. That's what I was thinking. You know, this this is twenty bucks. For, uh, you know, yeah. a keepsake for your family, or it's the most expensive album cover to date. Yeah. Um, either way, but before we dive in, funny story. For a long time, I thought Deja Vu was the name of the band's greatest hits collection, which uh, is yeah, So Far, I believe, yeah. is the title. Noteworthy for a number of reasons, but, you know, Joni Mitchell yeah. 
yeah. did that artwork that uh, you that scrawl uh, hand done. But I guess it just shows how deeply my Neil Young loyalty runs. So getting into that a bit, I honestly only ever looked at CSN as the band that Neil briefly made exponentially better. Whoa, and I know, I know, there's controversy. Hot take, yeah. and I can recognize that bias now because yeah. I've come around. But mm-hmm. I gotta say, the band members at the time didn't exactly lay the welcome mat out for old Shaky. No, no, Erdogan is the guy that that. Pretty much forced them. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's it's kind of odd to think that, you know, the band is happy as they are, and someone's like, this is not enough. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Especially after yeah. hearing that debut. Yeah. How's that not enough? Yeah. And, yeah. They And Woodstock and everything. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. they had it going. Uh, but the president of Atlantic Records thought otherwise. That's true. That uh, they didn't quite have the... Uh, the goodwill that they would later have, you know, make make decisions, live it up, live it up, era, you know. Yeah, and Deja Vu <laughs> was a damn good album. Oh, it was a phenomenal album, phenomenal album. But interestingly, even now, Neil's contributions to the album are missing from Spotify. So if you go on there, there are a couple oh, tracks right? missing yeah. due to his ongoing convictions okay. uh, and distaste for uh, for one of their big podcasters on there. So yeah, anything written or credited to Neil in any way is not on the. Uh, not on the album, which is kind of funny because that tension was around even as the album was being written, you know? Yeah. So that can usually work one of two ways, don't you think? <laughs> you, you either have the bands that break up, most yeah. of which we'll never hear about, or you have <clears throat> bands that make really great art in spite of the shit working conditions. Yeah, I, I'm really amazed as we do this more and more, I find out Every one of these damn bands was dysfunctional, right? They I mean, were, people so can't tense. get it wrong. This one hates that one. Yeah. They're arguing about their work and the, the, the love triangles and everything else. Boy, I'm, yeah. gl- I'm glad I didn't fall into that trap. You're not kidding, man. I mean, CSN and most certainly CSN plus the Y was no different. You know, they seem to be forever on the verge of falling apart. And I let you know, I like that the, the Civil War. You know, the Civil War lended the band inspiration in so many ways for what it turned out to the, be. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, it, it was perfect for for the, you know, what was going on in the studio and in everything. every way. It just right. spilled out onto the cover. Yeah, yeah. I do have to quickly call out Stephen Stills, though. Um, you know, his uh, his Civil War, um, his, his Civil War inspirations here says, I totally admired the rebellious spirit of the Confederacy. I got to say, I'll give him a mulligan on that one, <laughs> assuming he'd phrase it differently these days. Uh, you'd, you'd hope he would. Yeah, it was a different age. <laughs> it certainly was. Certainly was. But let's briefly talk. You know, the album name wouldn't typically interest me, but again, David Crosby comes through at the twenty-fifth hour <laughs> so with some incredible sound bites, and uh, I could read his quotes all day and never get bored. I know the guy's a maniac. He's a total maniac, and we <laughs> love him for it. So we've all had deja vu, but what he's talking about here is something else entirely. He instinctively knew how to sail a sailboat. First time you saw Dave. one. First time you saw one. I'm not going on that three-hour tour. Probably could have flown a plane the first time you saw <laughs> I'm one. I'm sure he could. Oh, the, the, the pilot had a heart attack. Let me step in there. <laughs> That's but right. Only Crosby would humbly dub himself a savant, and frankly, I love it. So, But the only truism here is that his imagination sort of outran his rationality. <laughs> but I dig the idea of putting the band in the past, and they went in. All the way on both execution and packaging. Yeah, so, they did. In keeping with Crosby's runaway train of thought, you know he's still <laughs> responsible for what turned out to be a killer album cover. Yeah. Killer album cover. Yeah. So let's dig into that. <laughs> 
All right. Um, let's talk Tom <clears throat> Gundelfinger. Gundelfinger. Yeah. He, he got it at school, you think? The, you think so. Yeah, the, uh, the schoolyard wasn't uh, wasn't a good place for him. Well, but yeah. This is a total side note, but it uh, <laughs> it makes me think of Neil Young's classic Powderfinger. Do you think there's any association there? Gun, powder? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting theory. We'll have to follow it up in a future podcast. I think it's stretchier than yeah. Gumby, I think, but I'll, uh, but I digress. I just love that he, um, you know, he just up and decided to be a rock photographer one day and ended up backstage at Monterey Pop. Yeah, I, know, I love that. I love that story. You know, what am I going to do? You know, I'm trying to get a job at a local grocery store. He says, I think I'll be a rock photographer. Yeah, instead. Well, you know, if <laughs> and he ends up at Monterey. Yeah. And he succeeds. Yeah, he succeeds. Yeah. I mean. The 60s. God bless I was going to say, is that a product of the yeah, era? Yeah. Kind of? Oh, yeah. Gosh. You, you, yeah. Yeah. Lower security, children. Yeah, I was vibes. just going to say, try to get into someplace, try to make contact with somebody today. It ain't happening. No, it's not. It's not. You're not. You're probably not bribing Hell's Angels anymore <laughs> for uh, for favors either. But no. so obviously, you know, we we talked about Dilts handling the, the band's first cover. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to him a little bit more, but that was decidedly cheaper. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it was. Um, uh, a little bit expensive. They insisted sure. on better quality paper and yeah. things. You know, they already had something going with the, with the, uh, you know, the album cover quality. So yeah, but yeah, it was decidedly cheaper. Yeah, for sure. They they knew they weren't. The label knew they weren't getting away with tissue paper, right. Uh, right. you know, filler. So, but I find the picture of the band crammed into a costume shop to be a funny picture. You know, because. Yeah. If we think about it, they're, they're close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about this? Or, you know, David going in and out. No, no, go back. Yeah. But, you know, I just think it's funny because their everyday clothes don't look a whole lot different than what they ended up with. Yeah, that's in a the great, picture that's a great take. Yeah, that, that's really a great take. I thought, something God, you're right. You know, that, that's pretty much. David Crosby stands up. He's ready yeah. to step on stage. That's right. He's, he's still wearing his, you know, his, his, his frilly uh, yeah. suede jacket or whatever, but. It's interesting. You got to love the era, you know. <laughs> so, though it's a mixed blessing, uh, very mixed blessing, I can turn an iPhone photo into a tin type with one click. It takes about five seconds. But Gundelfinger was both uh, dedicated to and a victim of his own era, you know. So, how old is this camera that he finds? 150 years. <laughs> 150 yeah. years old. You had to figure out how to work it. Probably yeah. had to. Repair it. Yeah, I mean, and he—it sounds like he practiced for months before yeah. this particular. Yeah, shoot. and can you imagine standing still for two and a half minutes? No, I uh, mean, especially while you're stoned. Yeah, any of these guys, you know, <laughs> any idea if this was the big ticket item that really uh, ramped up the expenditure receipts here? Well, <clears throat> I think it was more the paper. I mean, the paper. That they printed it on, and, and the the photo on there was a, a photograph. I mean, mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was applied by yeah. hand to each album. Each one, yeah. Uh, that that gold print that you see was applied by yeah, hand. Yeah, the gold foil. Stamp. So it was yeah. a lot of the the manual labor and the quality of the paper. I think more than the camera. Okay, so uh, obviously a lot went into it from yeah. from every angle. But yeah, do you know if any of his warm up photos? Uh, Ended up. Uh, I looked for some of the, you know, the original tin yeah. types. I, I couldn't find them. I tried to find them too, but you know, it's it's like practicing for a year to throw out the first pitch, you know. <laughs> and it yeah. sounds like yeah. that's about how much time he got when all all said and done. And he bounced it. He did. <laughs> he yeah, did he bounce it. it. But sometimes you bounce it and it still lands perfectly. Yeah, that's you right. know. 
Um, so between the long exposures and the fidgety band members that you referenced, it's a wonder they pulled it off at all. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm picturing a that Wild West photographer with his head beneath the cloth snapping a photo. Yeah. But uh, my favorite part of all of it has to be the dog. Yeah, the pose is perfect. It's incredible. He's perfectly so, centered, turned toward the camera. He looks like he runs the clan. Yeah, he does. And you know, and your research answers it as I expected. Uh, you know, to go in on my favorite character of uh, of the group, but no stone left unturned at all. Any album cover with an album, or any album cover with an animal, is one I'm inclined to like. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's so cool that this dog not just <laughs> sauntered into the frame. But stood stock still yeah. in the middle at the time the photo was taken. And then disappeared, and yeah. no one knows who no it is, one knows where the it came name. from, yeah. anything. It's it's so yeah. cool, but I just think any dog with such a sense of uh, adventure <laughs> and uh, you know and and uh, just hubris deserves to be remembered forever. You Absolutely, know, it's, just, it's fantastic. But do you know any idea how much earlier they actually finished this album compared to the album itself? Uh, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. I know uh, Atlantic was getting worried, you know, when's this thing going to appear? Yeah. Uh, but it was because it was such a complicated production that it took so long. And let's talk that production. Did you have this album? Yeah. A matter of fact, I was looking for it, and it hurts my heart that I didn't take better care <laughs> of my albums because I thought it would be nice to see, you know, what that picture looks like yeah. today. Yeah. It might be upstairs somewhere, but uh, it, it sounds it, tremendous. Yeah, you know, it sounds like a tremendous package. Collection. Yeah. But you know, the way you described it, and the way I saw it described online, you know, I'm sort of picturing like an Oregon Trail family photo album from the Western Expansion era. Like, oh, this one's little Sarah before she died of exposure. And <laughs> yeah, this go. is Pa before the gangrene set in. I just jokes aside, it just sounds like a massive undertaking yeah. for the band, the label, and the people that were piecing all this together by hand. Yeah, it's really incredible. It was an interesting time because I met Erdogan, the president of Atlantic. He liked hanging with the bands. He liked to have access mm -hmm. to them, and so that gave you certain advantages. You got tight with the owner of the company. Sure, sure did. And you could say, "Yeah, uh, we found this place in Georgia. It's got this paper. We'd like to have this wrinkled, leathery paper." Yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, again, the '60s. So obviously, you know, they had some popularity and certainly some sales from that debut, but. Do you remember how much this album was anticipated? Well, we were all kind of interested in, in hearing the next one, but uh, you've probably heard me say this a number of times. I didn't know what was going on. You know, you didn't know an album was coming until somebody on the radio, some disc jockey said, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young are coming out with a new album, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden you go, oh, okay, good. And, yeah. and then that would be pretty much the last you hear of it until it just showed up in the stores or to one of your friends got it. You know, there was no yeah. big announcement. There was no big, no big to do, you know, where lots and lots of bands and lots of albums. Yeah. So it was all kind of, uh, uh, you know, a lot more relaxed kind of thing. And, and the marketing, maybe it was different, you know, in, in LA or something like that yeah. along Rodeo drive. But, but, you know, here it was pretty much just word of mouth and, and, you know, the, the, the radio station that you listen to. It's, so we didn't know it was coming. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was anticipated in general, thinking, that yeah, was a really good album. I hope they make another one. I hope, you know, but uh, you know, that's not the same thing that you're talking about. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because looking at the pre-sales for this, you know, the, the mm -hmm. pre-order, so to speak, um, you know, three quarters of a million, 750,000 yeah. copies. Yeah. I mean, I know it was obviously a different time. Everyone's buying physical media, but 
That's that's pretty astounding. Yeah, it was, and, but and that's the record stores. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. know their their product, and they they were certainly more on top of what's coming when. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this certainly suggests that this yeah. was a, this was a hotly tipped. Yeah, one, people but. were expecting a a, a follow up um, smash record. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, I was also happy to see Diltz was able to again contribute. The gatefold yeah. photos yeah. are tremendous. Yeah, he got some nice pictures in there. Taking a look here. Crosby always seems to be uh, front and center. He always seems to get his <laughs> his photo a little bit a little bit bigger, but uh, that that's in fitting with, uh, with with David's vibe. Yeah. But you know this this album was clearly a big deal. If you know Gundelfinger felt compelled to revisit the site of this shoot years later. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's not a surprise. It's a classic cover. It's a classic set of songs. It's a stunning collection of songs. I think. Yeah. There's not a stinker in there. No, they all muskets firing on this one. But, uh, but yeah, if you do feel like you've been here before, as have we now. So, uh, deja vu. That's the cover story, too, right? All right. We'll see you next time. See ya.